Welcome to the Parkway Fellowship Podcast. We hope that God speaks to you through this message from Pastor Mike McGowan. Give my hand, man. How cool is that? <laughs> oh, man. Hasn't this been a fun series? Gosh, this series has been so much fun, okay? Um, all right, now, before we go any farther, I want you to do something. Um, I want you right now to think about something that got said to you when you were a child that really hurt you, really, really just, and it stuck with you. And it might be something that somebody teased you about when you were young. Maybe it's some, something that um, somebody said to you and it just made you super self-conscious, or maybe it's something that hurt your feelings, or maybe it's something that you're insecure about because of what someone else said to you. So, but whatever that is for you, I want you to get that in your mind right now. I want you to think about that right now, okay? Get that in your head. All right, you got it? And I want you to hang on to it because we're going to come back to it here in just a little bit because today, God is going to talk to us about lies. And to do that, God is going to use a mixtape. A mixtape, that's right. Um, how many of you remember a mixtape, okay? Okay, very good. Now, if you're a teenager, you have no idea what I'm talking about. So if you're a teenager, think Spotify playlist, okay? That's essentially what this is, okay? But, but back in the 80s and 90s, people used to make what's called a mixtape. And they would use what was called a cassette tape. Now, a cassette tape wasn't quite this big. It was about the size of an index card, and you could put about 30 minutes of music on one side and about 30 minutes of music on the other side. But it was like this little cassette tape. And um, making playlists took time. I mean, you couldn't start on a Monday and have it knocked out by Thursday. These took a long, a long time because you had to wait until the right song came on the radio <laughs> And then when that song came on, you had to push, play, and record at the same time, right? Yes, two buttons. Now, if you were smart, you figured out if you left those pushed and also had pause pushed, then you could just unclick pause real fast and it would start recording, right? Yeah, that's how, that's how, and that's how mixtapes worked, okay? Now, and there are all kinds of mixtapes. By far the most popular was like love songs mixtapes because you, you know, make all these love songs, you record all these love songs on your mixtape and you'd give it to that special someone. <laughs> and you would hope that they would listen to it and that every time they would listen to it, that they would think warm things about you and ah, dreamy. Right? That's what, uh, and now there are, other, but there are other kind of mixtapes. I mean, there were mixtapes, um, like sports mixtapes, where you, you know, you get all jazzed up before a game, or, you know, there were rap song mixtapes, there's country song mixtapes, there were only number one song mixtapes. You know, but there are all kinds of mixtapes. But the thing about mixtapes is, is that um, they, re they required a lot of work, you know, because you know you had to wait till like that song you wanted to come on the radio, and, and if it, and if you, you know, you didn't catch it in time, and you missed too much at the beginning, then you're like, well, that's not going to work. So you had to go back, rewind the tape to the right spot, and then re-record over that whenever, you know, another song you wanted to come on that tape. So it was a lot, was a lot of work involved. But here's the cool thing about mixtapes. <clears throat> they always elicited emotion. And that's what we loved about them. 
Because every time you listen to, to that particular mixtape about whatever it was, it always elicited an emotion. And whether the emotion was mushy-gushy feelings or whether it was, you know, you know, help you get your game face on or, you know, anywhere in between, the thing we loved about mixtapes is they elicited emotion. And that's, that's just made them so amazing and so cool. But here's the thing. Just because it's on mixtape doesn't make it true. Just because it's on a mixtape doesn't make it true. I mean, most of the people that gave someone their love song mixtape, like they broke up. Like they did not, they, they ain't going to last. I mean, it's not going to happen. And you, know, and you can have on your mixtape, you can have, we are the champions and listen to it a hundred times in a row and you're still going to get beat 45 nothing, okay? <laughs> Just because it's on the mixtape does not make it true, okay? So here's where I'm going with all this. All of us have a mixtape that plays in our mind. And whatever is on that mixtape, that is what we believe about ourselves. And what gets on that mixtape is often from what some, was something that someone else said to us. And what got said got recorded. And what got recorded that's what gets played. And a lot of times, what it is, it, it, it got on there because that's something that you know, our mom said to us, or maybe it's something that our dad said to us, or maybe it's something that someone at school teased us about or got said to us during a breakup. But however it got said, it got recorded on there, and that's what gets played over and over and over and over again in our mind. And that is what we end up believing about ourselves. Because bottom line, once we believe that about ourselves, that's when it begins to affect every relationship we have. It affects all our relationships, whether it's, it affects our classmates, our roommates, our spouse, our kids, our coworkers, even our friends. It affects every relationship we've got. And the problem is, what's on our mixtape, most of the time is not true. It's not true because it's not what God says is true about us. We've let someone else record something on our mixtape that is not true in place of what God says is true. And once we begin to believe those other things about ourselves, that is why we are so insecure. That is why we get so easily angry that is why our first reaction is jealousy. That is why we tend to take revenge instead of show kindness. That is why we cope with alcohol, or we hide in materialism, or we try to escape through our phone. That is why we are so obsessed about how we look, because something got recorded on that mixtape, and it just simply made us so insecure, and it affects everything because it's what we believe to be true about ourselves but look it all starts here with our mind and so look if God if our Heavenly Father were going to record a mixtape for each one of us what would he put on it if God was to say I'm gonna record a mixtape for you I'm gonna give it to you what would God put on that mixtape 
That's what I want to talk about this morning. So apply your message notes and let's get started. The first thing that God would put on our mixtape is this, is number one. God would say, you're not just loved, but dearly loved. You're not just loved, but dearly loved. Look, I don't know what you've been told about yourself, okay? Think, remember I told you to think about something that somebody said to you? Think about whatever that thing is. I, I don't know what that is. It's, it's probably gonna be different for every single person in this room. But whatever it is that somebody said to you when you were younger, I can tell you this, it stuck with you. Because you're still thinking about it today. And for most people, it's something pretty negative. And it's either about your appearance, either you're too short or you're too slow or you're too chubby or you know, you're not tall enough or you're not smart enough or you're whatever, you're not fast enough. Or it has something to do you know, with our character. Like, you're not worth anything. You're never gonna amount to anything. You're a constant disappointment. You don't have what it takes. Oftentimes it falls into one of those two categories, okay? But remember, look, just because it's on a mixtape doesn't make it true. It doesn't make it true. In fact, let's look and see what God says is true. And this is what God has already written down to you, about you. Look what the Bible says. Colossians 3.12. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved. Ephesians 5.1 says, be imitators of God, therefore, as dearly loved children. John 3.16 says, for God so loved the world, and here's what I want you to do, I want you to cross out the world, and above it, I want you to write the word me, because you're part of the world. For God so loved me, for God so loved me, that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Romans 5.8, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. See, look, God doesn't just love you. He dearly loves you. He doesn't just love you. He dearly loves you. He doesn't love you for what you do. He doesn't for what, love you for what you look like or because you're tall or because you're fast or because you're smart or you know, because you're athletic. He doesn't love you for any of that kind of thing. All those things are worldly standards. The Bible says that God loves you because you're you. He just loves you. And he didn't just love you. He dearly loves you. He loves you. And he demonstrated that when Jesus died for you. So look, let me ask you this. How much would you have to love someone to die for them? I mean, I really... You don't, love, you don't die for someone that you don't really love. You certainly don't die for somebody that you don't like. And you don't die for somebody you only like, you know, just a little bit. You only die for someone if you really love them, if you dearly love them, right? But get this. God did more than that. He did way more than that. God didn't just die for you. God sent his child to die for you. How much you gotta love somebody to let your child die for that person? Because that's what God did for you. 
I mean, you don't let your child die for someone unless you really love someone, unless you dearly love someone. Honestly, I don't even know if that captures it. How much would you have to love someone to let your child die for that person? That is how much God loves you because he let his son, Jesus, die for you. See, that's what needs to play on your mixtape. That's what needs to play over and over and over again on mine. Like, no matter who breaks up with you, no matter who walks out on you, no matter who says whatever to you, it doesn't matter. What you need to play in your mixtape is that I'm not just loved, I am dearly loved by God. I am dearly loved by God. You can't ever forget that. And you can't, look, you can't get so accustomed to hearing the story of Jesus that you forget how much love is there by him sending his son to die for you. That's incredible. So look, let me just say this. If you've never accepted Christ to come into your life, what in the world are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? God loves you so much that he sent Jesus to die on a cross so that his death could pay for your sin. That way you could be forgiven for everything you've ever done. That way you could have a relationship with God here on earth. And when you die, you could go to heaven instead of going to a place separated from God called hell. So to receive that forgiveness, you have to ask Jesus to forgive you and then commit to follow him. So if you haven't done that, do it today. There's a prayer, it's in the bottom of your message, take a minute, I want you to pray that prayer right now. And if you, look, if you've already prayed that prayer before, then for you, you need to make sure that the, the tape plays in your mind, I'm not just loved, I'm dearly loved. And you're dearly loved for who you are, just like you are. God doesn't wish you were anything else. He loves you just like you are. And get this, he let Jesus die for you before you were even born. He loved you before you were even born. Let that sink in at how much he loves you. Let that sink in for just a second. So that's the first thing God would put on your mixtape. Here's the second. Number two is this. God would say, I made you the way you need to be to do what I need you to do. I made you the way you need to be to do what I need you to do. If I were to ask you, what would you change about yourself? You would probably start in with a long list of physical attributes. You'd be like, well, I'd want to be taller, or I would want to be faster, or I would want to be blonder, or I'd want to be t- or, uh, you know, tanner, or I would want to be you know, smarter. You would start in with a, lot of at- a list of attributes, you know, something like that. But look, here's the truth. The truth is, you are exactly the way you need to be to do what God needs you to do. You're exactly the way you need to be to do what God needs you to do. Let's look at David, as in the story of David and Goliath, okay? At the time that David fights Goliath, David's a young teenager. And get this, we know from other passages that David's kind of short for his age. He's also the youngest of seven brothers. So he's got seven older brothers. And I'm sure that David wishes that he were taller, that he were stronger, that he was older so he could be more like his older brothers. I'll bet you his older brothers teased David incessantly. We know from other passages, his other bro- older brothers didn't really respect or even like David very much. 
So David had a lot going on in his mixtape. And so when David gets in front of God, look what the Bible says, Goliath says to David, when David steps on the battlefield to fight Goliath. In 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 41, it says, meanwhile, the Philistine, that's Goliath, with his shield bearer in front of him, kept coming closer to David. He looked David over and saw that he was only a boy, ruddy and handsome, and he despised him. So look, when Goliath looks at David, he basically says like, that he's a boy. He's not old enough. He's not tall enough. He's not strong enough. He's not mature enough. And then Goliath piles on because Goliath calls him ruddy. If you look at the word ruddy, the word ruddy just simply means that David was fair-skinned. He was fair-skinned. And then it says that he was handsome. Basically, Goliath was calling him a pretty boy. I mean, that's it. And so he's like, hey, why are you sending this young, immature, small, pretty boy out here to fight me? Because remember, Goliath is over nine feet tall, not just like a skinny nine feet. I'm like, he is like warrior nine feet. And 30 seconds later, David kills him. Yeah, that is pretty awesome. Now, think about this. What if David had listened to the teasings of his older brothers? What if David had listened to what Goliath said was true about him, when it really wasn't true? What if David had listened to Goliath? I can tell you this, we wouldn't be talking about David today, would we? So look, God made David short for his age. He made David become the youngest of all of his brothers so that when he fought Goliath, David would be you know, really young and he'd be really immature. And he, he made David look like a pretty boy and not like a warrior. Why? Here's why. So that when David fought Goliath and won, that God would get all the glory and not David. God allowed David to be exactly who he was. God made David to be exactly what God needed him to be, to do what God needed him to do, to kill Goliath. You know, same is true for you. And I, 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 I don't know all of what God wants to do in your life and through your life. But here's one thing I do know. God made you exactly like he needs you to be, to do exactly what he wants you to do. And look, if God wanted you to be taller, you'd be taller. If God wanted you to be faster, you'd be faster. If God wanted you to be blonder, you'd be blonder. If God wanted you to be smarter, you'd be smarter. But look, here's the thing. God made you exactly like he needed you to be in order to do exactly what he needs you to do. Because look, at the bottom of all that, it's, it's really just a matter of trust. It's just a matter of trust. Listen, do you trust that God has made you the way he really wanted you to be? And look, and don't be surprised if God intentionally has woven some weakness into your life so that when you do what he wants you to do, that you don't get the glory, but he does. That's, that's why God made you the way he did. That needs to play on your mixtape. All right, here's the third thing that God would say. 
Number three, God would, God would tell, tell you this. He would say, look, let me re-record your tape. He would say, let me re-record your tape. Look at this verse of scripture. Romans 12, 2. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Wow. That, I mean, that is a powerful, powerful verse because it says that the way God changes your life is by letting him change the way that you think. And when he changes the way you think, that's what transforms you into a new person. So essentially, God wants to re-record the mixtape of what is playing in your mind. That's what God says that he wants to do. Look, this was always one of the worst problems about a cassette tape, right? <laughs> like, you remember this? I mean, this is what would happen. Maybe the, 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 the player malfunctioned, the, the heads were dirty. I mean, it doesn't matter. But what would happen is that all of a sudden it would get messed up and then you would end up with just this bundle of tape. You'd end up with a mess of tape. And you remember how to fix that, right? Yeah, you get a pencil and you put it in the thing and then you twist it as much as you can. And it's painful to try to you know, get all that stuff back in there a little bit at a time. But that's what you did, right? That's exactly what you did. But listen to what I said. When the player malfunctioned, okay, we're the player. We're the cassette player. When we malfunction, often because of something that is on the tape that we have believed to be true about us, when we malfunction and we make a mess of other relationships in our lives, at some point in time, we all get to the place where we say, you know what, I wonder if there's something about me that has caused this mess. To which God would say, yes! Yes, there is something about you that has caused this mess. It's because you have believed lies that are on the tape, and that is what has caused you to malfunction, and it has created a mess. And so what God says to you, he said, look, then let me re-record what's on the tape. Let me re-record what's on the tape, because once I do that, it'll change the way you think, and it'll change your life. I mean, wouldn't that be amazing? Wouldn't that be awesome? Wouldn't it be awesome if the Lord changed the way that you think so that it would change your marriage? Wouldn't it be incredible how the Lord changed the way you think so it would change your parenting? So it would change the way you relate in dating relationships going forward. So it would change the way you relate to people at work. So it would change the way you relate to other kids at school. So it would change the way you relate to your brother or to your sister or just to friends. Wouldn't it be great if God would change the way you think so you could kick those insecurities to the curb? That would be awesome. Well, how? How does God do that? Let me give you a few things. These are your bullet points. I want you to write these down. First thing that you got to do, first thing, the way that God does is this. He does it when I study the Bible. When I really study the Bible. Look, this is why small group is so important. Because when you go to small group, that's when you really get down and you study the Bible. And that's when your kids, when they go to small group, 
that's when they're really going to study the Bible. And when you study the Bible, it changes the way that you think to the way that God wants you to think. And look, that's why small group is so incredibly important for you, but it's really important for your kids and for your teenagers because it begins to rewrite the tape while they're young and they need it the most. So you've got to make sure your kids are involved in a small group. And you do too. Okay? Second way that God rewrites that is that I need to make Christian friends. I need to make Christian friends. Look, this is another reason why small group is so important, because at small group, that's where you're going to make Christian friends. Because when you make Christian friends, when you're going through something, or when somebody says something to you, or when something happens that reminds you of those old insecurities and just flares up in you, then that gives an opportunity for those other Christian friends to say, whoa, 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 wait a minute. And they can share about their experience, or they can share about what happened to them, or they can share how they've overcome that insecurity. And then whatever is done, God has done in them, gives you a vision for what God can do in you. And so you need to make Christian friends because they'll help you along the way. Third way God, God would, third thing God would say of how to do this is this. Is I need to ask God to give me the mind of Christ. I need to ask God to give me the mind of Christ. Why don't you look at this verse in 1 Corinthians 16, I mean 1 Corinthians 2 verse 16. It says simply this, but we have the mind of Christ. Now, the context of this verse is that Paul is talking about how non-Christians think versus how Christians think. And he gets to the end and he says, hey, the real reason why there's such a difference of the way non-Christians and Christians think is because of this. And he says, because we have the mind of Christ. Now, I don't know about you, but a lot of times I don't feel like I've got the mind of Christ. I mean, a lot of times I feel like I'm losing my mind, right? I mean, I feel like when I just, you know, go, blow up or I get really angry, I feel like I am, I'm losing it. Like, I am losing my mind. I don't feel like I've got the mind of Christ. So what in the world does that mean? The mind of, it, putting on the mind of Christ, it just simply means this. And I want you to write this down. Just write this somewhere in the margins. It means seeing life from a spiritual perspective. It just simply means seeing life from a spiritual perspective. Let me give you an example. When I was a sophomore in high school, most of you know, or I, I, some of you know, because I've talked about it before, but I went to military school for high school. Um, and so when I was a sophomore, there was a junior commander that I really looked up to. In fact, he was, he was my commander. And I really looked up to him, thought he was a really incredible guy. Well, one day, I forgot part of my uniform at home because it was in my athletic bag and I didn't have athletics that day and I didn't realize I'd put it in that bag and so when I showed up to school like part of my uniform was missing well this guy took that as an opportunity to just lay into me I mean he just tore me up one side down the other and when he got to the end he said this he said McGown you're never going to amount to anything because of your laziness and your sloppiness and your carelessness. You'll never amount to anything or do anything great in this world. And then he walked off. I'm telling you, like it stabbed me right in the heart because I wanted to do something great. I want to do something great in my school. I wanted to do something great in this world for God. But when he said that, I mean, it, it stuck me right in the heart. 
And I'll be honest with you, I started to believe him. But then I went to church, and I, you know, a few weeks later, I told some of my buddies at church what had happened, and it's my friends that said to me, like, no, 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 Mike, that's not true. God has a great plan for your life. God wants to do something great for you, not just in your school, but going forward in life. And so you need to see this as the devil wants to use those comments by that junior commander to derail you from God's plan. But you can't let that happen. That's part of just the spiritual war that we're in. And so you need to see it from that perspective. And you need to keep following God and keep doing what the Lord wants you to do with your life. And eventually, all this will just be nothing in the past. And you know what? They were right. They were right. Now, I still remember what that guy said. Obviously. But you know what? It doesn't have any control or power over me at all. Because I've let God rewrite what's on the tape. And what, I, I didn't even know it at the time, but basically what my friends helped me do, they helped me put on the mind of Christ. I didn't know, I didn't even know what to call it. I didn't know to call it that, but when you begin to think about life from a spiritual perspective, you're putting on the mind of Christ, and it's when you do that that you can see things the way that Jesus sees They see things the way God would see things, and it begins to depersonalize it because it's not about me. It's about the evil one's plans and attacks on me versus what God wants me to do. And so then it just becomes so much easier to say, okay, God, but no, I'm not going to listen to that. I'm going to follow you because I already know what you've said about me, that I'm dearly loved, and you've made me exactly the way you've made me to do what exactly you need me to do. See how that works? All right. One last thought, then we're through. All this takes some time. Look, just like making a good mixtape takes time, you're not going to have all of your thinking changed by Thursday. I mean, that, that's unrealistic. But here's the hope. The hope is, is that every time you study the Bible, Every time you listen to the advice of some good Christian friends, every time you go to small group and just take in what you're studying, every time you come to church and you allow God to rewrite part of your life and you make some commitments to follow him a little bit closer, every time you do that, you are allowing God to record, record over just another little part of the tape just another little part of the tape. And if you do that long enough, eventually what you're gonna look back on, you'll look back on your life at some point in time later and you go, I'm different. I am not like I used to be. And the reason you're not like you used to be is because you have allowed God to rewrite that tape in your mind. And now it reflects the truth of who you are. And it changes you and every relationship in your life. Would you bow your head, close your eyes. Let me pray for us all. Oh, Heavenly Father. Thank you for the hope that this gives each one of us. Thank you, God, that this shows us 
how you want to change us from the inside out. And I pray for every single person that's listening today that has struggled in their whole life with whatever insecurity that they've had because of something that somebody told them or something they just chose to believe about themselves some, at some point in the past. But God, I ask that today you would help each one of us choose to believe the real truth that we are dearly, dearly, dearly loved by you and that you made us exactly how you wanted because you have something great you want to do through each one of us. And so Lord, I ask that you would help begin to re-record that mixtape little by little over time until you change who we are to look more like you. I love you. Thank you for today. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this message. For more information about Parkway Fellowship, find us online at parkwayfellowship.com. You can also download our mobile app for access to the most recent messages, video content, and much more.